0: what's going on everybody we're back views from section 400 it's your boy matt i got jack and brian along with me views from section 400 midweek show we got an action-packed one world of sports has been crazy a lot of information to dive into you got us to ride along for the next hour or so to uncover it all Get, get our opinion analysis on how we think uh you know the crazy world of sports is rolling out um so we'll cover all that good stuff uh as well as dive into some playoff talk for the nfl we obviously just had a crazy weekend i should be more pissed off because eagles just got blown out in tampa um but i called this if you watched the pod last time i said this is how this was going to play out not surprised uh, and uh they can they can uh They can go figure out in the offseason. I'm just counting down the days till pitchers and catchers report. But Brian, welcome aboard. Jack, welcome aboard. Brian, I'll start with you. How you been, man? What do you want to dive into first here?
1: Yeah, no, I've been good. Feeling good. Auburn basketball is still flying high. Somehow, the people over working for the AP and the USA Today Coaches Poll have not ranked them in the top 10. Don't know why. At least the oddsmakers are respecting them. We're favored to win the SEC so i'm ecstatic about auburn sports in general right now and that's great because it's been a rough year for everything else going on so yeah jack i'm sure you're just excited as i am
2: yeah war eagle man uh you know football you said it all football is doing well with the recruiting and basketball they're a wagon right now three and in sec play got vanderbilt tonight of the recording so uh by the time you guys listen to this they'll have already beat them and probably covered the 11 points because they're just a wagon right now uh love auburn basketball love auburn football auburn's looking up man where are you going
0: yeah they are looking up but brian i guess you're not too pleased that they're not in the top 10 yet um what's going on there has the committee not seen enough to uh to to throw them in throw them in the top 10
1: it doesn't make much sense to me because you have Kentucky and you have Tennessee, with multiple losses. I mean Auburn has two, but none in the SEC, and they're ranked, younger
0: teams as well.
1: Yeah, younger team. They ranked severely higher. Like Tennessee's still six, Kentucky's eight, I believe, depending on what poll you're looking at, and Auburn's all the way down at thirteen. So it doesn't make much sense to me at all, especially with all these upsets happening in college basketball. But you know what? Just keep keep them on the on the low radar here. No reason to. Make their heads too big. I, I like where they are.
0: We'll see uh, as we roll into conference play. I know you guys said undefeated in conference play, and is it a trip to Vanderbilt
1: or at home tonight? It's a it's a trip over to Vanderbilt. Um, if, yeah, if they were home, you... it'd probably be like a twenty point spread. Probably be a crazier
0: spread. I was going to say if they're home and it's only eleven, uh, I'd take them up to fifteen, man. <laughs> but uh, you know, and Auburn usually is frauds on the road. We saw it early on against Appalachian State, but I think they're kind of. Uh, you know that blowout loss at Arkansas or blowout win at Arkansas, kind of kind of took me away from from the fraud. And uh, Jack, I see you shaking your head, but Brian knows I've bet Auburn on the road plenty of times in the past, and it has not not worked out in my favor. So there is factual evidence to support that claim. Check the uh, check the lost bet slips.
2: Look, I I know that sounds personal, but let's not say Auburn are a bunch of frauds on the road. They're just a lot better at home. Believe that. In the jungle, a lot better of a team. They are. I'll take take them at home against anybody in the country on any day. uh, At
0: home, home they're not frauds. But But on on the the road, road, they're good, too,
2: as we saw at Arkansas with that dominant win in SEC play. But I will give it to you. You know, they're
1: not as good. Um we talked about Auburn's team getting disrespected. The jungle is still getting disrespected. That place is insanely hard to play for opposing teams. And I don't know why it's not ranked as a top five home court advantage in college basketball. But it'll get there.
0: I was it'll gonna say, it. what's the what's the number one? And then doesn't where it is.
2: It doesn't have the history of like a Cameron indoor or uh Wait, like what? is it
0: just like oh it's Cameron
1: Indoor like they're auto one
0: because it's Duke like the, why do they get number Kansas
1: one? Kansas gets a big one too. Everyone loves the Allen Fieldhouse, but th- that place is too big. Like you need a yeah. small arena that the sound just holds, and that's exactly what Neville Arena down is there down in Auburn.
0: Yeah, I mean the same thing I guess with Cameron Indoor. Um, I know people love you know get all high and mighty on uh, I guess it's what Indiana's uh, home yeah. court, the Fieldhouse or whatever it is. Or uh, I don't even know what they have these you know names for it all. That's uh we don't need to go through the whole uh, toughest spots <laughs> to play in uh in in college basketball because look if your team's good you know any home any home atmosphere should be pretty good. Other than Vanderbilt, I think that setup's horrendous. College basketball is heating up like we're talking about. Um, we're we're rolling on, moving on. FAU, Jack, our squad. Has been looking better, as Brian called them out. So they are trending in the right direction. But college basketball is heating up, Brian. I don't know if you want to touch on uh on, on on what we might have up up ahead today. I do know um what we have uh we have our bracketology out. Do we want to drop that and let people know? Check that weekly. I love our rankings right now. I don't know about you, Brian, but I think our fucking rankings are rock solid um you want to explain that a little bit more to uh everyone watching maybe uh maybe explain uh how that might work
1: yeah I, so when we were making those rankings on Saturday we were kind of just looking at Joe Lenardi's just to kind of get like a sense of where his head was at and he had a couple teams that weren't he didn't have in like he didn't have Wake Forest anywhere on his bracket he didn't have TCU anywhere on his bracket and we we're like those two teams should be in lo and behold His bracket came out yesterday, and both of those teams are now in the dance, according to Joe Linardi. So all I'm saying is if you want the best rankings, the fastest, go on viewsfromsection400.com. Every week on Sunday, we're updating the bracketology. Me and Matt watch a ton of college basketball. As you know, Matt just loves betting college basketball. I've been hot on the college basketball picks. So we're a good source, and it's a lot of fun. We're going to be updating it every week until March Madness. So definitely go check that out. Every week it drops Sunday.
2: I don't Yo, know why you
0: wouldn't.
1: Golf club for the
2: boys, real quick. Look at you two. Look dude, at you two. Reeling really in. golf
1: basketball,
2: baby.
0: Locked in, dude. Brian and I sat there for what, Brian? An hour and a half, maybe yeah. two hours, approaching two hours, just dialing up the field of 64 with the four play ins as well. So we got 68 teams on there. Yep. And we even added some slashes for the 11 uh, you know, the eleven uh, seed play in game in Dayton, Ohio. Yep. So you got the whole board covered.
1: Yeah, I, you kind of mentioned it. We were on there for an hour and a half. I think we spent like twenty minutes just debating like the fourteen versus fifteen line. Like that's how much we care about this shit. So, so go check it out because we're we got you covered. I that's
0: love cool. the rankings on that. So definitely, definitely good read because uh, you know it it took us almost two hours to put together and have some good hard analysis on. Take you guys about five minutes to get the updated, uh, you know, field, uh, in college basketball. So definitely keep on the lookout for that. Now we jump over to the NBA, the dog days of the season. Your January, your February, your March, your bullshit, Brian. What's going on? I know we have uh, some news that's been jumping up. What do you got?
1: Yeah, so Pascal Siakam has been traded to the indiana pacers so the pacers trying to build i guess their version of a super team and the raptors in full rebuild mode now i believe the trade was siakam over for three first round picks and bruce brown uh bruce brown now is on his fifth nba team he debuted in 2018 so that guy's been passed around more in the nba than a kardashian but yeah, those, those three first-round picks for the Raptors, I mean, they're young. They got quickly R.J. Barrett, uh, Scotty Barnes, and now three first-round picks. So, I don't know. Maybe they're building something up in the sixth. But I know Jack has a pretty strong opinion about Pascal Siakam, so I'll hand it off to you.
2: Look, I, uh, I, I don't really want to hate on him too much. Uh, I just – I think he, he, did, he didn't really deserve that contract. Him nor Fred Van Fleet, you know – I think that Raptors one that run that they made was purely Kawhi and a whole lot of luck as well on their side. So I think everybody got a little bit of too much money out of that and uh, and that's all I'm going to say, man. I, I'm not going to hate on him too hard. I just think he's a, a little over, a little overvalued, a little overhyped, uh, a little overrated.
0: I mean, it took the ball bouncing 15 times on the rim. To beat the Sixers <laughs> in game seven. So yeah, definitely uh some luck involved there. But yeah. look, I mean it was a move, uh it was a move they made. I guess we kind of were talking about a pre-pod. The Raptors build around Scotty Barnes, uh Emmanuel quickly, and RJ Barrett now. I mean, yep. is that the future uh for the North? Uh for the Six, whatever you want to call it?
1: Yeah, I mean that's what they got a point guard of the future, I guess a small forward and Scotty Barnes play the four. So, you're a center yeah. and then another score away from having a pretty solid start. And if you,
0: if you add, like, two, like, pretty pretty solid – like, one elite scorer and then one, like, like above-average good scorer, I think you can get away throwing Jakob pertle down there at the five playing center. Yeah, maybe.
1: I don't
2: he's, know. He, he's been around for a while, though. Um, you know,
0: I think he, he's serviceable if, if he doesn't have to be the main guy.
1: Something I'm, tells me he's he's gonna be gone by the trade deadline. Yeah, the Brian, please please
2: uh make sure you, you fact check me on this, but didn't he become the
1: center in and around the time that Tim Duncan left the Spurs? It was somewhere around there. I can't remember he's gone from the Raptors to the Spurs probably four times in his career. So I don't know what what time frame he was where, but it seems like he just kind of traveling from Texas to Toronto. and It, it can't be fun because it's two very different climates. And But, yeah, that's, that's his kind of career arc.
0: So, yeah, I mean, kind of to keep it moving here with the NBA uh, still. Embiid totally dominating and outplaying Jokic last night. I don't know why anybody's surprised. He is the better player. I don't care if Jokic has won a ring, MVP, this, that, and the third. You know, MP just hasn't had, had the talent around him to, to get it done. He's had drama and Hollywood actors around him who will care about their egos and themselves and don't care about winning basketball games. Ben Simmons does not care about winning basketball games. James Harden can say all he wants that he cares about winning. That guy doesn't give a rat's ass about winning basketball games. He's too busy making and producing wine bottles that's why he wants to be out in california so he can be close to the fucking great vineyards
1: um, yeah well you know who did care about winning basketball against you kind of mentioned it earlier with the Kawhi shot but your best chance to win it all jimmy butler and they just let him walk yeah
0: that was uh that was yeah i mean well they tried to control him and and you know didn't say the right things uh at the end of the year, which uh, kind of forced him out of there. But let's let's stay on the topic at hand, right? All that stuff's in the past, and we'll leave it there. Good riddance to Harden and Simmons. James, hate to see you go, man. But, uh, you know, this isn't 2017 anymore. Hope Miami's been treating you well. And Bede totally dominated last night. He, he, the Sixers look electric. I, I'm trending towards starting to get bought in because they don't have the extra star, even though I just talked about him needing the extra star. But what they also have lacked in the past that they don't lack this year is an extremely deep and competent bench. Meaning they can put a whole second unit out there and they can compete, uh, you know, and, and even sometimes strive to win games. I mean, Pap Ev, veteran leader, second unit. Kelly Oubre, guy scores 20 points a night. You get him on the second unit, he's better than a lot of guys' second teamers. Uh, Marcus Morris, just a career role, gritty, hard player from Philly. Got the key to the city from the mayor the other day. I don't know if anybody saw that. But for whatever reason, they gave him the key to the city or gave him a special ceremony. Um, not trying to, like, make a joke of the situation. I don't know if there was, like, something serious going on. So, they, like, you know, somebody passed away or there was something serious. So, like, they gave him this key. But just thought that was totally random. But, yeah, dude, the, the bench is so much deeper and competent than it has been in years past. And that's why I'm starting to believe a little bit. But i am you will never see me 100% bought in until they're out of the second round playing for an Eastern Conference final. But yeah, other than that, you can call me a fake fan, this, that, and the third. No, I'm not a fake fan. I've been watching this bullshit since 2016 or 2017. I've been getting fleeced and fucking punked by Trust the Process for almost the last damn 10 years. And I haven't seen shit from it. So, no, I'm not a fake fan. I'm being realistic so that I don't get all worked up on the Sixers for the, uh, you know, millionth year in a row. And they lose in the second round. So, get out of the second round and we can go fucking nuts. That's well, all I got on that.
1: They they do have a, I will say, a slightly better chance of getting out of that second round. Because you'll have MB getting doubled and kicking it out to, like you said, Kelly Oubre or D'Anthony Melton rather than Mike Scott in the corner for three. So,
0: Fucking so James off. Ennis. Uh, fucking who is the other guy? Oh, I can't. Alec Burks. Like, give me a break, dude. You can't have these guys out there playing like real playoff minutes. I forgot about Now they have better, a James better, Ennis. competent bench. James Ennis is a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> and the guy was getting meaningful playoff minutes. <laughs> like, meaningful minutes. He was a joke. Horrible player. A guy was the sixth man. Guy shouldn't even be on the NBA roster. He's a fucking six man of playoff team. It's unbelievable. Now they have the competent role, uh, a bench role players. We'll see what happens. Maxi blooming into a star. Quick round the horn. We won't spend more than te- ten seconds on it. I think yes. Jack Tyrese Maxi all star. Yes or no? Yes. Brian. Yes or no? Yep. There you have it. Maxi's an all star blossoming into the superstar that people said, can he take the next step? I think he's proving that he's doing it right now. The next step at 25 points a game, 25 points a game. That's called taking the next step. Jack, I'll yeah. kick it over to you. I know you want to add a little NBA in there as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, Tyrese Maxey, he's, uh, he's making that next step and he needs to for his team. Uh, you know, I don't know if I can say beat is better than Jokic, but he played like it the other night and he's been playing like it, you know, over the past few weeks not it's not you know just a short stretch since he's been doing this but uh yeah no I just wanted to touch on Gigi Jackson uh the young bull I don't know if you guys saw some of his viral clips from this week but he got interviewed by Shaq after dropping uh like 20-25 points or something like that and uh he was just ecstatic when he heard Shaq's voice he had like a true like kid reaction very touching moment It it was it was very nice you should look it up if you're ever feeling down And then, uh, also the, you guys saw Draymond talking about him on, uh, his podcast. Uh, he was saying that (laughs) Gigi Jackson came up to Steph at half court, uh, after like hitting a three on him or something like that. And he was saying, you know, Steph, I got uninvited from your camp back in the day, the Steph Curry, like (laughs) shooting camp. And, uh, and, and Steph Curry was like, oh dude, like I actually remember that. Like we sent out too many invites and, uh. And we had to rescind some of them. And G.G. Jackson just found some, you know, extra, extra motivation to go out there and uh, drop 20 points on the Warriors, uh, three in Steph Curry's face, just for that reason. Uh, and I'm sure Steph barely even, you know, remembers that. He probably just said that to be nice. But, yeah, Gigi Jackson, bro. Shout out that kid. Uh, hopefully he rises into a, a nice little star in this league because he's a, he's a cool guy to watch.
1: Yep, shout-out to Gigi Jackson. Shout-out the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, big fan, Aaron Taylor, friend of the pod. And then, yeah, Gigi Jackson, SEC kid. So, rooting for you. And I guess – Got a get lot, of stuff, yeah, got a lot some... of
0: stuff going on there. Yeah. a lot of stuff going on.
1: He's got some good juju going for him, and he'll get playing time on the Grizzlies now that Morant's out for the year. So
0: – But, Brian, yeah. you didn't uh, – I know you're usually anti-Philly, so I wanted I wanted your reaction to the Jokic and talk.
1: So Jokic should have won the MVP last year and really <laughs> got, got his Mickey Mouse MVP award. And I will say, I think he saw the media chatter and saw he still needed to get better. And he's going for a non-Mickey Mouse MVP award this year. And I, I do think he's outplaying Jokic, at least right now. I will say at home, Jokic stats look a lot better just because those role players are making the threes when he's getting triple teamed. So on the road, it's a little easier to outplay him. Uh, but that's also because Embiid could just take over a game more with scoring. So, yeah, Embiid deserves his flowers. I think he'll get a non mickey Mouse MVP this year if it doesn't go to SGA. Um, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, SGA definitely uh, definitely on the cards for a shot at the MVP, I think. I mean, you got to include him, right? I mean, he's right there as the Thunder's best player, and the Thunder are clearly the most improved team. Uh, in in the entire league, not just the Western Conference. Um, So I think that needs to be added in there.
1: Yeah, he's the third uh, betting favorite right now behind those two. And he he struggled in L.A. on Tuesday and the Thunder lost, but that was an off night for him. So the the nights where he's scoring 30, the Thunder are winning. And that should tell you all you need to know about his chances to win the MVP. Uh,
0: I think it's pretty wild we have two centers as one and two as the betting favorites for MVP. I mean, that just doesn't happen and hasn't happened since one, like Bill Russell was fucking playing.
2: I yeah, feel like these two, these two have been the two betting MVPs for the past few seasons now though.
1: Yeah, it's just just these two and then the even crazier part, uh we talk about them and then SGA, none of these guys are American. So you think of nope. you think of the NBA as like the US U.S. owns basketball, but, like, the best players in the league right now, if you want to add Giannis honest to that list, like, no one's from the U.S.
0: Luca too, man. I mean, that yeah. guy can compete for an MVP if uh, – I don't know what's going on with the Mavs this year, but um, I know Kyrie's, like, not causing a scene. If you don't hear about Kyrie, <laughs> uh, that means, I guess, things are
1: going well because <laughs> yeah, there's no the major headlines. I think they're four over right No now. news is good news. <laughs> exactly. luca has um, been out, so Kyrie's had to kind of step up lately. But, yeah, they're, they're good.
2: Yeah, all but, right. Yeah. Uh, let's get into some NFL talk, all right? I don't know, dude.
0: Gotta jump over to the land down under. Oh boy. <laughs> Australian Open Action has tipped off the first major, the first major of the tennis season. Um, you know, as as you know me, I got I got my, my intel on all the all the sports worldwide and uh if you look into tennis i mean it, it's really uh, extremely popular international sport as well as it is here in america um uh, i know a lot of these uh, matches are going to be streamed on espn if you have a moment check out some of the matches learn the game a little bit because i know when you first start and you have no idea what you're watching it doesn't make sense and it's not enjoyable but understand the game a little bit it's not a hard concept how the scoring works You just need to watch a match, understand it a little bit. I guarantee you pick it up. And then when you start seeing how some of these players play, serve, technique, fatigue over a two, three, four hour match, you'll start to really get into it. So definitely give it a shot. But obviously this isn't going to dominate the conversation, but I just wanted to lob out a couple futures that I'll be taking. And I guess we can jump back on this, uh, you know, when the tournament's all said and done, but uh, for the women's singles, I really, really like Alina Rybakina, who's been lights out last year on tour. She might be the third or fourth favorite, right? Because you're going to have Iga Sviatek, who's the number one player in the world right now. And then I want to say Sabalenka is second. But Rybakina comes right in there at third. She's still young, plays tennis the right way, does all the fundamental stuff. But when it comes to girls, the girls who have the power serve tend to do you know, better. Uh it's on hard court where where the serve will uh, really fly off the racket for her. So I like Rob Akina, I don't I shouldn't know the betting odds on it, but I want to say she's like maybe third or fourth on the odds. You might be able to get her for plus a thousand right now. Uh, might be like a little lower, not sure. But you can get some pretty good plus money juice. I think she's got a legitimate shot to win this tournament. On the on the med side, there's a bunch of people out there who have a shot, but you gotta understand Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz are still the top two guys. Jokic, or, or Jokovic, I heard you're just talking about Jokic. Jokic, uh, Novak, Djokovic is still the guy regardless of age. He'll have moments where it seems like all this guy's gaining momentum, and he just turns it on. Like, he'll he'll literally, he could lose the first set and then come back and win three straight sets because that's obviously on, on the med side. What you have to do is win three sets to win the match. He's a guy who could drop the first two. And then win three straight sets uh, and, and win the match. So, you know, he's just uh, – it's unbelievable. Uh, the Tennessee puts in. And uh, we see why he didn't get vaccinated because he really wanted to keep that blood pure. Uh, and they fucking outlawed him from tournaments. And he stayed uh, stayed involved with that. Uh, and he stayed on his high horse and said, I'm not getting that shit. And he did it. And now he's back playing in the tournaments they didn't let him play in two years ago. Now he's back playing in them and dominating them crazy stuff but yeah Djokovic obviously the heavy favorite there on the men's side i like yannick center if you want to go for some plus money juice uh, i'm not sure where he falls in that but brian i did see in the notes <laughs> you got taylor fritz as an american to win it all i want you to elaborate on that a little bit before i can just shut that uh, entire fucking argument down
1: all right all right i may be a little biased here an American has not won a major since 2003. And I know Taylor Fritz loves to win in the first two rounds and then completely implode after that. But, hey, this, this is the year. This is the year. Djokovic is getting old. I think he had Sebastian Baez on his draw. That guy sucks. So, like, Taylor Fritz, he has a path to get there. And I know uh, this is not advice. He's not going to win, most likely. But I will be rooting heavily Well, for him. so...
0: So Fritz did win his first two rounds. He's on to the third round, and he plays some guy, I don't know his first name, it just says F, but F Marozin, who isn't, isn't ranked. Fritz should should be able to move through that, right? So that'll get him into the quarterfinal. Uh-huh. And on the other side, uh, on, a, on, a, on a potential opponent, would be this guy L. Van Asch, some French guy, who is playing Stefano Sitsipas. And Pass is going to roll through this French guy. And yeah. Tsitsipas is not losing to Taylor Fritz. So I hate, hate He's getting up there, to... though, in
1: age, though, right? He's Tsitsipas?
0: Getting... Yeah. He's got to still be in his 20s, man. He yeah. might even be – he might be like 26 or 27. And well, look like – No, he, he Fritz will flounder out. I'll tell you, if you want to root for an American, root for Tommy Paul. Tommy Paul's got a shot to be electric this tournament. Uh, I believe he's still in it. I want to see if I can pull it up. You got Sebastian Kurda, who's going up against Rublev. I mean, these are Americans I'd be on the lookout for. Um, you know, I, I'm just not not the biggest fan of Taylor Fritz. But look, they're down in Australia, and I'll wrap this up because I've been on way too much of a tangent here. But If you want some crazy plus money juice, and I don't know what the odds are, but they are down in Australia. This guy, Alex de Mignard, I don't know how to say his name. He's Australian. Tenth seed, playing in his home country. The crowds are all going to be behind him. we have already seen it. He's looked electric. I think maybe maybe he's got a shot. If he wins his match, then it would be him against Rublev or Korda. That would be an awesome match. So we have some awesome tennis pulling up. Nonetheless, Djokovic, favorite to probably win. But give me Rob Aquino on the woman's side. Let's check back on that when the tournament's coming to an end or if she gets uh hosed out. I don't think she's lost yet. But Brian or Jack, take us in to some NFL while I make sure Rob is still uh playing.
2: <laughs> yeah, all right, thank you, Matt. I'm uh, I'm gonna get you guys away from some tennis and back into some football. You know, this is uh, this is who we are at the brass tacks, American. You know, loving the game of football. So let's talk about Wild Card Weekend because it was a wild weekend. And uh, we're going to start out with something a little bit of fun, all right? So, Brian, Matt, I want your biggest winners and biggest losers from this week.
1: All right. Well, I have a couple for you. So my biggest winner, well, I'll give you my biggest loser first. And that is going to be Anger Management Professionals. So apparently it pays well to be angry in football. Who would have thought? So this guy, this receiver over in Tampa Bay, Trey Palmer, he has tweeted that he has woken up pissed off five times over the past two years. Every time he's done that, he has scored a touchdown. Now, I don't know what what the kind of connecting the dots is there, but all I'm saying is if you are a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, working at a hotel in Detroit, and you happen to see the Buccaneers pull into your hotel, it might do you a favor if you piss in uh, Trey Palmer's Cheerios before the game on Saturday. He's going to be pissed off and he's probably going to score a touchdown. All right, my other loser is rebuilding teams. So the Panthers, we've seen their rebuild just be a disaster. The Cleveland Browns rebuilt for like our whole lives pretty much until they finally got good. And then you see the Green Bay Packers and the Houston Texans hire a competent coach draft a competent quarterback, and just have a competent front, at, front office people. The Texans won two games last year. They just won a playoff game. The Green Bay Packers were supposed to rebuild this year. Jordan Love just lit up the world had, like, the highest PFF quarterback grade of all time in the wildcard round last week. So losers that aren't winning playoff games and are, quote, unquote, rebuilding, figure it out. And don't draft Bryce Young. <laughs> That's horrible. That was a big mistake. Uh, For my winners, I'll give you Modern Medicine. Mark Andrews somehow suffered a really high ankle injury, like what, week 10? And he's fully practicing. He's going to play on Saturday. So shout out Modern Medicine. We saw with Brock Bowers in college uh, football earlier this season, and now Mark Andrews is doing it. And then my last winner is going to be Dome Stadiums. So I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a reporter that asked Todd Bowles a long question, a very thoughtful question. She asked him, it's going to be 13 degrees. She
0: thought she was just cutting edge, dude. (laughs) Cutting edge question.
1: She went through, you know, the Buffalo weather, all this bad weather in the playoffs. She said, it's going to be 13 degrees when you land in Detroit for your football game. What are you going to do to prepare your team for the game? Todd Bowles kind of looked at her, looked around and said, you know, they play in a dome. They have played in a dome for the past four or five decades. Room just went silent. So shout out dome stadiums. Not only do they provide aesthetically pleasing football games, but they also provide shelter against the cold weather. So they're a big winner this week.
0: Yeah, they do. And what do you, what was his reaction? It was like, uh, I mean, they'll be in, they'll be in the exposed for like twenty seconds when we get off the bus and walk in, but then it's yep. a dome. <laughs> it's just just, just a ridiculous question. I wonder how some of the other ego heads in the NFL would have responded to that. Oh God, yeah,
2: honestly, I think, I think some of the other coaches would have just been a little bit more rude about it, but I do think that, you know, you could tell it was a woman that was asking that question, and uh, I think, you know, it's always best to just be nice, right? <laughs>
1: Can you imagine yeah. Belichick in that
2: situation?
0: I just, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I
1: think he I you know would handle
2: I it the same exact yeah. way. Um, I think <laughs> the game's in a dome, so uh, we'll be all right.
0: But no, let me... Uh... I'll run through the winners and the losers, and then Jack will get who you got. But obviously, you know, everybody's assuming it should be the Eagles. But I think the Eagles have been in shambles for the last month. That already expected this to happen. They've been the losers for the last month, not this last weekend, which is what we're talking about. So I'll say the Cowboys because that is more of a fluff at home against the seven seed. I don't care if the Packers are red hot. It's the seven seed. You're at home in a dome the packers you know like packers coming and have no business to win that game and not only do they win it's not like it's a close back and forth battle the cowboys looked horrible and they got kind of blown out i mean they just were never in that game i guess i mean well well they lost by 15 or whatever it was but they were never in that game what was it 31 to 7 at halftime i mean they were never in that game I think they're the bigger losers uh, than the Eagles because the Eagles were already in shambles for a month. Uh, the Cowboys were totally expected to win this game. Um, I didn't see, uh, you know, I guess there were people on the Packers, but I would have expected them. But as an Eagles fan, I hate the Cowboys, love to see it. Love to see it. Go get a cheesesteak, Mike McCarthy. fat ass. All right, well, well, we'll keep rolling on. Uh, and I guess, you know, since I've been so – Amped up about Joe Flacco, you can say he's a loser of the week, who did hit his over passing yards. So it's not like that was that bad, but um, you know, threw some interceptions. And uh, you know, maybe you could say the Browns defense is is the real loser of the week on, on that one, but and what if you, Brian.
1: If you add the uh, the pick six yardage, he threw it for like four fifty. So Yeah,
0: he did. If you had really the touchdowns, did. he threw
1: for three
2: touchdowns. There you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he he collapsed. The Browns collapsed. Um, and it's kind of just what you expect that franchise to do, I guess. I really wanted to see Joe Flacco go into Baltimore and stir the pot up there. That would have been ridiculous. But now we got C.J. Stroud, who gets to travel up there, and we'll see what he can do. Um, Very diverse game at the quarterback position. I'll have him as my winner of the week because he balled the fuck out, dude. I mean, this guy lit up the world, throwing touchdowns, creating plays, extending plays, beating a team that I had down as the top defense in football. Clearly, that's not the case. The Ravens now take that spot, um, again, in my opinion. But I'll go C.J. Stroud. Again, Brian, you also mentioned two-win Texan team, just won a playoff game and won the division, which, Jack, I'm pretty sure you said they had no shot of winning. So a lot of things there. That CJ Stroud did a lot of doubters. He he proved a lot of people wrong, especially after he got hurt in that Jets game. Everyone thought they were just going to fall off a cliff. Now they're traveling to Baltimore and the divisional round. Who the hell would have thought that the Texans of all teams would be in the divisional round? CJ Stroud, my winner of the week.
2: That's a good one, Matt. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty impressed with Stroud and the Texans, D'Amico Ryan, what he's done with his with his team in year one and. As so much as I'm a Jaguars fan, I, I got to respect it, and and I appreciate good football. And what CJ Stroud is doing, you know, hearing everybody say, oh, we got no shot, all right, all right, and going out there and, and like uh, Brian said, putting up uh, one of the best QBRs, you know, in NFL playoff history, uh, right alongside with Jordan Love. They had near-identical stats. So, yeah, he's definitely a winner. They're a winner this week, and uh, now they got to go – do it in Baltimore, which is not going to be an easy task, but we'll get into that game analysis in next week's pod. My winners and losers of this week, uh, I'm going to start with the biggest loser for me. It's the Dolphins. Uh, you know, they they came into this one banged up, but they really just didn't put up a fight against a Chiefs team who has not looked good all year. Uh, I know that they dialed up some pressure and the defense really came alive, but you know this is a, a, an offense who scored 70 points in in a game this season this is an offense who uh had probably the best receiver on the season Tyreek Hill I mean you you can make a case for some of the other guys but as far as uh how impactful he was I mean he's probably uh offensive player of the year if, unless you want to give it to CMC so uh I think their their collapse was was pretty brutal for me to see uh and They they screwed it up the week before by not making it a home game for themselves and winning the division, Uh, not having to go play in negative seven-degree weather in Kansas City. They could have had it in Miami, but, you know, that's what happens when you don't win the games, uh, you know, down the stretch and and you cough it up like that. My winner this week is going to be home teams, man. Uh, Home teams went five and one. The only home team that lost this week was the Dallas Cowboys who went – undefeated at home during the regular season so you know just a twist of fate right there uh how they're the only home team to to forfeit a loss this week but division winners man you know top down in, in the afc and then almost had it in the nfc as well so uh shout out the home uh the home crowd you know definitely making an impact in the playoffs
1: yes yeah, so speaking of the cowboys we have some breaking news they will retain mike mccarthy next season.
0: Wow, Fat McCarthy stays in there. (laughs) After after that
1: collapse, you could put a lot of it on Dak, maybe some of it on the defense, but Mike McCarthy also didn't have his team ready, so I guess he's They were
0: absolutely not ready. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how you run run him back out there after just an absolute collapse like that.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but he will remain in Dallas. That's that's one job that may have been open that's closed now, but we still have a lot that are left on the table.
2: Before you get into uh, what what you want to play, I just want to say that's that's surprising. I I remember when they hired him uh, a couple years ago. I didn't like the hiring, and I w- was waiting for Kellen Moore to take over in in, in Dallas. But I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked that they're retaining him for next year, man. I mean, you I would think you have to change something up and you know, usually it's the cor- the coach or the quarterback, and it's a lot easier to switch up the coach and the quarterback. So I'm interested to see what happens down there.
1: Yeah. I will say he, he looks a lot better in the regular season with McCarthy kind of giving him the reins to the offense where Kellen Moore, I mean, we've seen what that guy can do now <laughs> that he, he kind of ruined Herbert after ruining Dak, but yeah, it's weird. It's weird to not make a change because you're not going to move on from Dak, like you said, and now that McCarthy's still there, they're just going to run it back after –
0: Definition of insanity, man. Doing the same shit over and over and fucking expecting different results. Good. I hope – you know, good. I hate the Cowboys. Let them do it. Do it again. Keep them there in the next 10 years. I probably will. <laughs> good. Hope they do. <laughs>
1: but, uh, yeah, before we move on from football, we, we have a lot of coaching positions that are open. Dallas may not be open, but you got the Falcons job open, the Chargers job open. Titans so I want to play a quick game with you guys just we're all going to predict who is going to coach where by the end of the offseason and then who knows we maybe we'll get out a prize for whoever was closest but um, yeah we'll see if you guys can dethrone me from my pre my season-long picks crown so uh, (laughs) I'll start with the Falcons here I know my guess but Matt I want to see where you're thinking with the Falcons yeah, I got
0: two potentials. I'd say maybe Mike Kafka or uh, maybe Frank Reich takes a tr- quick trip down the highway there, maybe I ninety five and see him him jump in there. Probably not going to be a Dan Quinn. He was already already had his run there, right? So we're not going to see him. I don't think go back. They kind of tried to go the Arthur Smith new young head coach route. Didn't really work out. So I think maybe they go. I'm leading Frank Reich because he's you know the older been around the league been a head coach maybe not successful but still has been one i think we'll get another shot just seems right for him and uh throw mike kafka in there is just a second maybe option if they want to go the young person route
1: i don't hate frank reich pick i think he would fit well ish with that team uh you know the offensive mind and their offense has been misused for the past four years Mm, so right (laughs) it definitely makes sense but yeah jack what, what are you thinking
2: yeah, so for the Falcons, uh, you know, speaking about insanity, I think they might go back to the well and hire Mike Brable. Uh, you know, a coach who is definitely different, uh, not, not new in his offensive approach. I mean, we've seen it in Tennessee. He'll run Derrick Henry 30 times a game, feature maybe a receiver, maybe a tight end in the passing game, you know, if they can open it up on play action, which is – Sort of what Arthur Smith was trying to establish, but he was doing it to, you know, Jonu Smith and, and Tyler Algier, like backup, you know, tight ends and, and running backs. Mike Rabel will come in, use Bijan the right way. He'll use Drake London the right way. Um, so I and, and I, you know, he's a defensive guy. And, and the, everyone knows, you know, the Falcons are the dirty birds or whatever. Uh, you know, some people call the, the that the, the Eagles. But uh, I know our boy, Matt Gutman, f- friend of the program, his dirty birds. Uh, he loves calling the Falcons that because he's a little scumbag himself. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I just think that it's a good fit for them. You know, he's a gr- they're normally a gritty defense. He's a gritty guy. I think that would make the most sense.
1: Yeah, no that that would make sense. Seems like they definitely need a change, and Vrabel was a big change from Arthur Smith. It, it'd be similar in a lot of ways, but different in a lot of ways as well. But
0: I'm all right, going... Brian. Stop fucking gatekeeping the Falcons head coach, dude. Who's it going to be? You seem like you got some juice on this. You had us all go first. <laughs> the foo is it? I'm going with Bill Belichick. Jesus Christ, man. That cannot be the guy, dude. What, you saw the NFL post it that he was rumored there, so that's what you're going to go with? Well, he he
1: had an interview with the team, and I think the way he's talking about it, he wants a talented team that kind of is underperforming, and the Falcons, at least on offense, are extremely talented. And I don't know – We keep going back to the definition of insanity. Like, if Belichick wants to deal with Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke at quarterback, like, what he would do about that. But maybe he brings Kirk Cousins with him down to Atlanta?
0: He's not – he's just not that kind of guy, I don't think. There's a lot of moving
1: pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Your dream to come true
2: right here, Brian, but I don't hate it either. If I had to take a second after Brable, it would be Belichick. Again, uh, I think that they want an experienced head coach down there in Atlanta. I think Atlanta fans are going to riot if they don't. And you know, like you said, Belichick went there for a visit, met for a few hours. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have a follow-up one soon.
1: So I
2: could see that one. Absolutely.
1: Yep. Well, that was a lot of names off the board. So <laughs> so we'll see where it goes from here. But I guess the chargers are next that Jeff Smith is not going to retain his position. At least I don't think so, but it's the chargers. So you never know, but yeah, Jack, I'll start with you this time. Who's going to coach that dumpster fire? Harbaugh. All right.
2: Harbaugh is going to take it over. Uh, you know, LA likes their, 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 their flashy moves and Harbaugh making a jump from college back to the NFL just finished uh, or in his, then Not just finished, but in his last in the NFL, he was coached the 49ers up in San Francisco. Now he's down in L.A. I think it makes a lot of sense, uh, and I think that's where he's going to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess, Harbaugh. I mean, is he, like, going to leave, though? Or, like, that's still not even up in the air. Like, is he even – has he said, yeah, I'm leaving?
1: I, I think he's pretty certain
2: to leave. Yeah, you know, really.
0: I, I didn't know it was that certain.
2: From everything that I've seen and heard, it sounds like a done deal that just hasn't been stated. Wow.
0: Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, Harbour is not bad then. Uh, I think his family's from out there too, no? So, not 100% sure on that, but I thought they were from out there. But either way, I guess if I want to keep it, I could see them making a move for for the Ben Johnson guy. I know Johnson claims he's going to say, but... Like, you know, uh, we, especially with the Eagles just getting absolutely cherry-picked with coordinators over the past few years. Um, yeah, can totally see, uh, you know, we've had uh, coordinators who say they're going to stay and they right when the playoffs are done, they leave. So uh, I'll guess Ben Johnson, maybe a Dan Quinn if they want to try and get some experience and just a veteran's new style. They tried Brian Staley, didn't work. Um, I think they try and go for more of an offensive mind, though. Uh, I think that Bet- or, or um, Dan Quinn though can maybe get the camaraderie and the chemistry team, uh, uh, the team right. So that's why I would lean him on that. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's what I got. It's the Chargers. Whoever they hire will be in absolutely turmoil, and uh, the franchise will continue to be a joke.
1: Yeah, I don't think Dan Quinn should ever be an NFL head coach again after that Super Bowl. But I guess I guess he's done well with the Cowboys even though his defense just got shredded by Jordan Love. He'll probably get a oh, shot, dude. Was just,
2: I was going to say Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. He's head coach of the Niners now.
1: Yeah, yeah, but Yep. Yep. Two different career trajectories there kind of. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I like what I like ew, I like what Matt said about Ben Johnson. I think Justin Herbert needs that offensive mind around him. The Chargers brass knows that he needs to take that next step. And Ben Johnson, if he can make Jared Goff look like an MVP candidate, he can make Justin Herbert really look like an MVP candidate. And I'm right. sure he'll be welcome to that move, even if he wants to stay in Detroit because of the team. L.A. is a whole lot nicer than Detroit. So I think that right. that might be able to him. So that's going to be my pick here. Uh, we're just... Going coast to coast here. But next up, we got the Titans. Vrabel gone. So probably the most surprising firing of the offseason. So where do they I, they probably have to make a big splash. If you're going to get rid of Vrabel, you have to make a big splash. So where do they go from here? Matt, I will switch it over to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know I just said Dan Quinn, but I don't see why he wouldn't be a uh, potential option for the Titans as well. I think we see probably just replaced with another veteran-esque style guy. Uh, maybe we see an Arthur Smith. I don't know if that guy will even get a shot. He'll probably have to go the coordinator route to uh, to re- regain some steam to uh, be a head coaching candidate. But maybe Dan Quinn, you know, may, uh, I guess Mike McCarthy's off the list. I don't know, man. I mean, is the Titans' job even that appealing right now? Um, really? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – maybe Dan Quinn, but, uh, you know, maybe Brandon Staley, but there's just no way anybody in their right mind would hire that guy again. Josh maybe McDaniels. Ron Rivera. Maybe Ma- – Ra- what? Josh McDaniels? Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, no. Uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. I don't know, man. Maybe Ron Rivera if he coaches again. Uh, I don't know who else is out there, but I just don't know this job is appealing enough to get one of the big bigger names that's out there. So I'll say maybe Dan Quinn, maybe Arthur Smith, if that guy even gets a shot. Don't even think you will, though.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with Mike Kafka here. It seems like the Titans need a different kind of mind in there. And I don't know, Kafka, last year at least, he made the Giants offense look great. This year it was a disaster, but you also had Tommy DeVito in there for half the season. So, I, like you said, this job's kind of gross. The Titans are just kind of gross. And now you're dealing with Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Stroud in that division. So, right. it's, it's not looking very good for the Titans. But, yeah, Jack, it's your division. I guess, who do you want to see them hire? or And who do you think is that you'd see them hire? So,
2: <laughs> the man I think they'll end up hiring is the last person I want them to hire. And that is Mr. Bill Belichick. Like you said earlier, he said he wanted a project. And, you know, Will Levis and this Titans team is most definitely a project. Uh, he's a young he's a young quarterback, but definitely a lot of promise in Levis. And I think that Bill would definitely appreciate him. Uh, and, I, I, again, this is kind of going back to the well on the whole Falcons insanity thing because Vrabel is a descendant of of, uh, of Belichick, and you would think that they would want to switch it up. But sometimes it's hard to change uh, what you know and love. And I think that – You know, regardless of of what's going on in Tennessee, they'd be happy to have Bill Belichick at the helm. And I think that it would be a a spot where he would welcome uh, the the project at hand.
1: Yeah, I I could definitely see Belichick going there. Does he want to spend his latter years? Tennessee, Nashville, never mind. Never mind. Tennessee's a beautiful place to live. Yeah, I I was going to make fun of Tennessee, but then I remembered there in Nashville.
0: So yeah, I can see it maybe especially staying in the AFC like he's familiar with the opponents.
1: It's just it's yeah. a tough path. Tough path to win that division with those two quarterbacks in there now. Yeah, it's, easier, I mean, it's he, probably he, easier he's, than he's, the AFC East. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's had it yeah. easy his whole
2: life or his whole career in the AFC East up until this point. So maybe he doesn't want that challenge, but I wouldn't think that he's one to to shy away from that.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Well, speaking of a bad division, we got the Carolina Panthers' job is open. Just do you guys think anybody of relevance goes there to kind of see Bryce Young, or is that just? Be I your...
0: I would say the Panthers' job is more appealing than the Titans' job. Agree, I, Disagree. I
1: think I agree with you on that. I can I can
2: definitely agree with that.
0: I mean, who like Panther? I mean, again, both divisions are are poor. I know the Bucks just won a playoff game as the division winner, but for the most part, I mean, the Bucs were pretty poor this year. They po- they played well, but also poor at times. I mean, a 9 nothing win over the Panthers doesn't exact- exactly uh, scream excellence. In terms of head coach, I have no idea. This could be one where they hire somebody and you're like, who the hell is that? So that's what I'll lock in as my guess is who the hell is that?
1: All uh-huh. right.
0: Not a bad um, guess. No, it's not at all.
1: I don't
2: hate that. No, I'm, uh, I'm going to put that as my number two. Uh, I'm going to go with who, who the hell is the next guy. Uh, but you know, I haven't used him yet. And I think that he would maybe uh, like this opportunity. I'm going to go with Ben Johnson here. I think getting Bryce young early on in his career, being able to mold him into, you know, coach him up into what he wants for his offense. I think he might welcome that job. And, uh, I'm going to go with Ben Johnson as my number one pick for the uh, for the Panthers head coaching job.
1: Yeah, I kind of wish I saved him for that. that. That's a great call. But I, I do think he'll, he'll, if he gets interviewed for both the Chargers and the Panthers, I think like, Justin Herbert is a great talent. And Bryce Young, I know he was the number one pick, but he might not be.
0: Yeah, you probably lean Herbert over Bryce Young as well. And I know Charlotte's like a pretty decent area to live in. Like, it's not horrible, but like, dude, LA, (laughs) the new stadium, weather's nicer. Just, you know, probably living in a fat crib. Like, just the whole nine yards, it's different. But, you know, some, he might be a country boy where he wants to go live, you know, in Charlotte, North Carolina and go catch the NASCAR race on the weekend. Weekend and you know, drink some cold beers by the fire in the woods with his boys. You don't know what he's thinking about, dude. So, uh, we'll see what happens when we do the uh, coaching hires. But
1: well, before we before we move on to the Seahawks, I will say I think Vrabel goes to the Panthers. Uh, he's going to be my pick for that job. I think he wants to prove that he can win uh, with the subpar roster. I guess, but that defense is good, and that's what Vrabel loves. So I think that makes sense for him. But yeah, so then he we wants got... to
0: prove, he wants to prove that it wasn't him. That yeah. was the fault. It was yeah. the Titans. And I think he'll love
1: that. I can see that. Experiment. All right. Well,
2: speaking of the Titans, you know, divisional foe of mine, uh, you know, I'm going to say right now, it was not Vrabel. He's a great coach. Uh, you know, I love Dougie P so I don't want to say I want him or anything, but I, my, if I was any other team, I would, I would love to have Mike Vrabel. Um, that that what happened this past season was completely on the the front office, or maybe it's Vrabel trying to hold on to some of the players, or trying to make the playoffs, have a good season, uh, caring about his record, whatever it may be. But they needed to ship off Derrick Henry and and uh, you know who who Justin Simmons, you know some of their bigger names. I know they got rid of Kevin Byard, but. Um, you know, some of the bigger names they needed to get rid of at the trade deadline try to get some draft capital and and try to build around Will Levis because that's where this franchise needs to go. And I'm sure that's what the next coach will do. But I, I, I would have to think that there was some some turmoil and that's what led to Rebels firing um, him wanting, you know, good players right here, right now in, in the front office saying we need to build for the future and him not wanting to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, there had to be something going on behind the scenes there. Maybe Faber right. wanting to win and the front office wanting to lose, but not getting rid of the – it made no sense to get rid of Kevin Byard and then hold on to everybody else. Especially because yeah. they yep. got rid of Kevin Byard so quickly. Like, that was very early in the season. So it's just, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And
0: did – I guess last thing on the Titans, did they make the right move shipping A.J. Brown off? I mean, they got fleeced and Traylon Burks <laughs> looks horrible. But uh, what's going on with A.J. Brown? I mean, he's, like, causing a scene as well.
1: Yeah, well just he's, he's been a drama queen. I mean we we know that. Every All receiver right. in the NFL just wants to ball. I don't think there's yeah. any any receiver that at least a veteran that's not gonna cause some kind of some kind commotion. of sterile...
0: <laughs> commotion <laughs> is the best word for that. <laughs> um but no, yeah, I mean even even with what they got back for that, the first round pick they picked was Traylon Burks, and that guy's been pretty much non-existent. I know David, they don't, don't have a great team, but he hasn't
1: been that good. Was and coming out of Arkansas, players. people said he was going to be amazing. It just—it doesn't make any sense to get rid of a star receiver to go a young star receiver, then go ahead and draft an unknown receiver. And Especially go-
0: when I mean, what is uh, what is Tannehill on? Is he on a fat deal? Because like, it's not like the quarterbacks on like a forty or fifty million dollar a year where it's like, oh, you can't pay the guy. Or was Tannehill still on a crazy deal? I'm not 100% sure. They, they,
1: they paid Tannehill, but I don't think it was anything.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like was, how it is now.
1: Yeah, he was never like top five,
2: but definitely got paid a decent amount for a quarterback. I mean, he's been around for, for a little while.
0: Facts. All right. Seahawks, Seahawks guesses? Let's guess. Harbaugh. Dan Lanning.
2: I'm saying with the with the college with both of you guys on the college coach train, but I'm going Dan
1: Lanning, too. Oregon up to Seattle makes sense.
0: Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it?
2: I
1: think yeah, that's pretty pretty on brand for them. I think one of us
0: Raider, gonna- Raiders will stick with Antonio Pierce, and then you're jackass, so you throw in the Eagles. But they're probably not going to fire Nick Sirianni. It just sets a bad precedent. They're going to fire. Uh, you think so?
1: They're going to fire him, and Dan Landing is making his way to Philadelphia. History's repeating itself, and an Oregon coach is going back to Philly. That, that would be wild.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just – dude, it sets such a bad precedent. You get to the Super Bowl, have a chance to win, lose by three. Really probably should have won that game. I mean, Eagles had every right. A 10-point lead at halftime.
2: Every right to win.
0: Every right to win that game.
2: Uh,
0: following year – Start out the year ten and one, and then have a collapse and and lose in the playoffs. But is that warrant?
1: Yeah, firing. I think the locker room hates him. I think we're gonna see something come out where like they he just lost the locker room. I don't think Dirk likes him at all
0: because the team does not play well. Exactly. anymore.
2: I remember seeing uh, what's his name, AJ Brown defend Sirianni the other day. So yeah, I I can't say he's lost everyone. I think I think. I don't think Jalen Hurts is well liked within his own team, which I find, you know, pretty surprising considering how much it seems like he is a, a leader and and a good dude. But uh I don't know. We don't know what's it's going on. It's just what
0: happens when you when you when teams get too overloaded with talent and they have you know, you know it's everything's going well, and then you start fight, fighting a little bit of adversity, and then everybody's quick to point fingers quarterbacks, the easiest spot, to point, right. I mean, most important uh, position on the field. So I think that's why you're seeing that, but um, yeah, I mean, the Eagles have a, you know, I know I always say the bears have a very interesting uh, off season, but the Eagles now have, uh, you know, one of the more uh, off, uh, you know, better off seasons that people are going to be looking at because Jeffrey Laurie, he is not a sit on the sidelines owner. You saw them jumping up to him in the box on Monday night in that playoff game, and he looked pissed, pissed. And like I said, he's not a sideline owner. That guy gets involved. Uh, so even though Howie Roseman calls the shots, Jeffrey Lurie, owner of the team, very much has his hand in the pocket of Howie Roseman in making moves, making making hirings, firings, and that whole thing. And like I said, he looked pissed. His wife looked pissed. We'll see some stuff come out of, uh, you know, Philly and the Eagles organization, I think, in this offseason because of that. But to fire a guy after, you know, making a Super Bowl that you should have won and then being, you know, 11 and six or whatever it is, sure you fumbled out of it, but uh, that's such a bad precedent, man. Like you fire him and then who are you going to hire? Who the hell wants to come here? Because you're like, hey, I almost won the Super Bowl, but
1: they fired Andy Reid.
0: Yeah, but he was here for 14 years, Brian. They still fired him. Yeah, they did. Sirianni's been here for what? Two years? Three years?
1: And he hasn't done shit.
0: He almost won the Super Bowl.
1: Almost only counting hand grenades and horseshoes.
0: He has. He has a. uh, He has like a thirty-three and eleven head
1: coaching record. Yeah, one and seven in his last eight.
2: Brian, how many did Andy win with the Eagles?
1: None. There you go. Relax
0: yeah and he was there 14 years anyway um, oh yeah
1: i, I got know. one more one more quick what? thing out of major league baseball uh so Bally Sports i guess Diamond Sports is the head company uh they've gone bankrupt and jeff bezos saw there's an opportunity to get more in the sports games so amazon prime will be carrying five teams regional games starting next season because bezos no way is bailing out Bally Sports from bankruptcy so
0: I the only thing I have to say to that is Bezos. You bought he bought the company, correct? Bally sports.
1: He bought a minority share in it and he bought like the rights to these five teams. It's the Marlins, the Brewers, the Royals, the Rays, and the Tigers. Yeah,
0: there it's the Bally sports teams. I feel like they're I guess that's I feel there's like there's more Ballet sports teams. There's 11
1: total. He bought basically
0: oh, half. Okay. I was gonna say, I was like, I feel like there's more. So he probably Maybe you won't get it then, but the only thing I have to have to say, and props to Valley Sports, is their theme song is fucking electric. So Bezos somehow incorporate that, and you know what I'm talking about, where it's like I mean, that's the best theme song for baseball that baseball has is the Valley sports theme song. It's one of my favorite. I listen to it. I look at Valley sports theme song and listen to it. That's how much I love it. Uh, So Bezos, congrats on the, on the new purchase, man, but incorporate that theme song, please. If you can, would appreciate it.
2: I thought we were about to get an anti Eagles parlay right there. The way you started singing that.
0: (laughs) Nah, none of that dude. But, uh, but that, that theme song is electric. You, do you guys know what I'm talking about or did yeah, that theme song not ring a bell?
1: I know exactly. Jack what you're has
0: about. no idea. Brian might
1: have an idea. I think, that's, I think that's the show.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's the show because the MLB offseason has given us Jack shit uh, over the, over these winter meetings. We see Otani sign, Yamamoto sign, uh, and then everything goes to shit. I guess the Yankees got Stroman, but who cares? Yep all but confirms Blake Snell, Snellzilla, to Philly. I think that's a what? confirmation. All but confirms Met the,
1: the Mets just traded a, a Rule 5 player for some cash considerations to use on Snell. So pump the brakes on that.
0: Maybe, maybe. I, You know, I think the – right, the Phillies already signed Nola to the extension, kind of had to. The Mets are in a spot where, like, if they don't go get Snell, who else? Because – The Mets pitching is in way more of a shit show than the Phillies pitching is. Like the Phillies still have, you know, Wheeler, Nola. You still got a Taiwan Walker in there, who's whatever. You still have Ranger Suarez. I is Lorenzen coming back. Like you'll still have him there in the mix. So they have pieces there. The Mets best pitcher is fucking Jose Quintana.
1: They got Senga.
0: I guess Kodai Senga, but still. Is Kodai Senga your number one ace yep. going into a playoff series? Don't feel super confident yeah. in that.
1: They could have Wheeler and they could have Taiwan Walker, but they're over in Philadelphia.
0: Yep, and uh, I guess maybe we'll see Taiwan Walker get a, a playoff appearance this year, as he was very animated on Twitter after uh, the Phillies choked out of that uh, NLCS. But
1: did he change his think, uh, profile picture back yet, or is he still no Phillies?
0: I don't know, man. I mean, he's signed to a contract. He can fucking throw whatever he wants up there. He's here for two more years, whether he likes it or not. But, yeah, that's the show. Midweek pod. It was a lot of shit. Uh, But we're glad we could bring it to you. As always, really look out for the bracketology because Brian and I have dialed that shit up, and it should be uh, pretty rock solid, especially with the mid-majors. And also, keep track of the Australian Open. Uh, if you want to hop on the Rybakina Future Bed, let's get involved. Let's get in on it. Let's see if this girl can go win a damn thing. That'd be pretty electric as well. So stay locked in for, uh, you know, we'll see if she can keep the train rolling here. That's all I got. It's the Views from Section 400 midweek show. Other than that, I got nothing. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you on the
1: next one. Peace. Thunder are winning the finals. Keep
2: riding armor basketball.